We are live. Today is the first ever walking podcast for my podcast. I'm with my good friend, Emily Feichels. Emily, how are you? I am doing... (laughs) We'll let the truck go by. (laughs) I am doing great this morning. This is the best podcasting setup that could ever exist. Walking as the sun rises, and it's like the perfect temperature. It's actually beautiful. Like You're getting that direct sun in the eye, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a crazy coincidence that you've wanted to do this for a while and I've wanted to do the same thing like where did the idea come from to do a walking podcast for you walking has always been my favorite form of processing Mm. like since I was a kid I would go on long walks whenever I felt a lot of emotions coming up or like I was just in a funk and then I realized that when walking with others and you have a conversation ooh, car (laughs) we're almost gonna get hit by cars (laughs) during the podcast tragic end um (laughs) That'd actually be horrible. But uh, then I realized like going on these walks with people and talking with them, it just allowed both of us to be so much more like open. Mm. And so I've just, yeah, I've always loved walking as a way to connect with people. And then I thought, what better way to connect with someone for a podcast than like walking and being in a natural environment. Yeah. So that's I feel where the it same came way. Me. But yeah, I'm curious for you where the thought came in. Yeah, I realized about a year ago that like going on a long walk with somebody who likes to get philosophical or deep is one of my favorite activities. And I think you can get, at least me, I feel like I can get deeper when I'm walking because for whatever reason, like sometimes when you're sitting across from somebody and you don't know them well enough yet, there's that slight uncomfortability of like eye contact. Whereas uh, when you're on a walk, you're like kind of looking forward, you're kind of looking to the side. So it's like this happy medium. And then, I mean, there's been studies about creativity and flow. Like your mind is so much more open when you're actually walking out in the open air and you're moving. I mean, that's why Steve Jobs did every single meeting for Apple outside on a walk. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so sometimes I'll ride on walks. Walking is like my favorite activity. I'll record voice memos when I go on walks if I have ideas come through or whatnot. Um, And that's always been great for like creative thinking or brainstorming sessions too. But yeah, there's something to be said for when the body's in motion and then you can just sort of let the the mind like settles down because you're Mm. doing something. So then I feel like you can go deeper with that. Yes. And then, okay, I'm curious for this for you. So do you notice a gap between your conversation style when you're podcasting versus when you're just talking with somebody in a random normal setting? Uh, yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. And it depends on the quote unquote normal setting because if I'm with people I'm comfortable around, I, I don't know, sometimes I can go super deep and I can also just be super like surface level, like goofy, silly, whatever it is, I can kind of go full range. If I'm with people that I'm not that used to, I feel like I definitely have this sort of more like inquisitive, like curious walls up. Like I want to get to know them more before they get to know me. And so then when it comes with the podcast, same thing applies. If I'm interviewing and chatting with someone that I know, completely different conversation than someone I'm just meeting because there's this like getting to know each other and bringing the walls down and also just like, what I want to get across with the conversation. If I want to portray the like fun, playful energy of a friendship, I'll let that come through in the conversation. Or if I really just want to get the facts and the science and mm. whatever it is from a professional that I have on the show, I'm going to keep it in that lane of focus as well. So it just depends on what the intention is, I suppose. Yeah, it's an interesting skill to navigate. And it's so powerful for cultivating a speaking skill. Like when I started, if I were to listen back to my first couple of podcast episodes, like stuttering, so nervous, so self-conscious, and even now doing podcasts, I'm trying to make it more and more just like a natural flow of a conversation. And I'm realizing that the less I prepare, the better it goes, because then I, I'm not thinking about it before and I'm just present. Um, versus if I do a bunch of prep, I prep a, a bunch of questions, I'm like not quite there and I'm like looking ahead in the conversation to what should I say next and all that stuff. So how do you prepare? What is your strategy usually going into a pod? Well, so very similar to what you just said. In the beginning, I 
was just following the podcasting blueprint, right? Yeah. <laughs> Prepare, have questions, get to know your guest. And similarly, I'd find myself in conversation and then I'd get this sort of like tug of war in my mind of, oh, well, they, they said this and I want to ask about that, but yes. <laughs> then I'll get off course for where the questions are going. And then next thing you know, I'm just flubbering like live on the air. So I developed over time that I would just have a few topics or questions that were my anchor points. So if the conversation were to ever come to a lull or I lost focus, whatever it was, I would just go back to that list. But for the most part, I love to do free flow and really just sort of let intuition and mm. that internal guidance like flow of what catches my ear and where the guest is sort of taking the conversation as well. But it definitely takes practice because, and I'd be curious to hear your experience, but the first few times I tried to just go with the flow, it was definitely a learning curve of not getting too off like the mainstream topic of what I wanted to cover or just trusting that like I would have yes. the next question ready to go. You know, there was this like sort of fear period where not having the questions in the structure sort of I don't, it had me feeling frazzled going into it. Mm. And then with time, it's become natural. Yeah, I like the word you said, trust. Like I've realized that podcasting, but especially when you're doing less preparation, it's an act of faith in a way. Like you don't know where, when you're speaking, you don't know where you're going to go. Yeah. You have no idea where the conversation is going to go. You just have to trust yourself in each present moment that you're going to come up with the next question. You're going to come up with the next topic. And sometimes like I'll come up with the next question while I'm speaking simultaneously. It's such a strange skill. Um, but no, I think what I find interesting too is just like hanging out with girls versus hanging out with guys. Mm. Girls have a deeper connection, in my opinion, from my experience to their intuition. And they seem more emotionally intelligent on average than guys. And so those are two traits for like podcasting that I think are really powerful. Um, so like I got into the podcasting game because I was looking up to like Rogan, Chris Williamson, Danny Miranda, those type of guys. Mm -hmm. For you, like, was there like a female figure that you're like, oh wow, I feel so inspired by her? Yeah, that's such an interesting point you make there as well because when we were talking earlier about scripted versus free flow, I was thinking how many male podcasters I listen to where I can tell it's scripted and so I'm scripted. almost like, why didn't you go in that direction? Like I can tell you're I following know. a fucking script. Sorry, wait, can you swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. of course. So for me, the podcasters that really were my start to this entire endeavor were primarily all female based ones. And it was like uh, almost 30 podcasts, which is Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. And they definitely have a balance between structure and flow. But once again, I've always admired their like intuitive approach to it, which really helped me. And then there were a few other like random ones here and there that I would listen to. But that one in particular, Almost 30, was like my North Star. Like I looked at what they did. I've worked within their like podcast course and programs. And so it really did like frame how I started my podcast and then how I've evolved it over time to become my own sort of unique production um but yeah it is really interesting what you said there about like the difference between men and women and i've only ever interviewed women guests too so it's now i'm thinking like what that difference would be interviewing mm -hmm. with a guy that being said us here right now you're already very emotionally intelligent and i feel like you're tapping the <laughs> <Debatable>. intuition you know <laughs> yeah yeah so <clears throat> even this i'm like i feel as though it would be different than if I had had, I don't know, like another another guy on my show, so. Yeah, the masculine feminine thing is interesting. Like, I think, I, I definitely have a masculine essence, but there's also a big part of me that is like a feminine essence, where it's like, I'm very curious, um, I'm very, I can be very free-flowing, but I'm also like extremely structured at the same time. Like, I have this strange balance where in the mornings, I'm like the most masculine, deep, deep work structure, like hit the gym, let's fucking grind. And then in the afternoon, my ideal afternoon is like spent completely in flow, like detached and just going spontaneously with the moment. So it's an interesting dynamic. Um, but with that being said, like, and this is why I asked you to do this podcast. And I've asked Claire and I asked Alex after listening to yours, 
like I would love to do more podcasts with girls because I've realized over the past year or so that having girlfriends for me completely opens me up to a new understanding of reality than only having guy friends and it helps me connect more with the the feminine side of like relationships emotional intelligence that stuff because when I hang out with guys all the time like what are we talking about we're like let's launch this project let's build this business let's like I'm going for 315 in the gym but with girls like you can just have more of a free-flowing conversation so I'm curious if you see it the same like the other way yeah that's an interesting question perspective and yeah I guess I do because I'm thinking now of my conversations with like Sam my friend Robbie and like you like well, once again you're kind of different because I feel as though we always talk <laughs> about like life philosophy stuff which I love but um yeah it is I guess really different and I I guess another caveat to this and my like perspective with it too is that is that growing up I spent a lot of time just with like my brother as my best friend and then I was just like with my dad so I just grew up with a lot of just like hanging out with a guy type of energy you know Mm -hmm. and I had my girlfriends but I don't know wasn't as like deep of connections and then it's only been in the past few years or past a year really that I've gotten a really good group of like girlfriends here and so for me it's honestly kind of been this like getting used to what it's like to just have a bunch of girls that I'm talking with all the time and we can we can talk about business and we talk about our like gym stuff too but we also have that like intuitive flowy all those aspects of life but yeah I don't know I, I I feel as though I've like the the guy friends in my life really do bring in a lot of value but I honestly think I'm still learning sort of like the flow with my more like feminine friendships in all honesty. I've spent a lot of my mm. life feeling um, very in my masculine because of just gr- my experience growing up. So I think I'm actually learning more and getting more comfortable having really deep female friendships mm. because I naturally can bond and like connect with guys quite easily just with once again like how I grew up interesting what do you think these female friends have like shown you uh, they've allowed me to be more in my sort of just like inner child like fun playful like feminine flow I suppose because mm. I I don't know with with them I can just it's like a version of me that I haven't been able to be in a long time. And I think being with them like just allows me to, like we just, we can talk about anything and everything. And it's not always so like, here's what I'm launching and here are the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it'll, like when I'm with them and all they want to talk about is like, I don't know, their next trip they're going on or the boys or whatever. Like the conversation can just be so like, lighthearted and easy yeah and it's a sort of and we go super deep and we we go to all depths it's very full range but it is it's been really nice for me to just sort of feel this like ease and comfort of just dropping into the less serious things in life I suppose through those friendships um yeah still like a learning thing for me I suppose yeah that friend group that you guys have I mean just from like knowing you guys a little bit I've been so impressed by two things like the the men in your friend group here in Austin it seems like a broader theme in Austin like they're very in touch with their masculine energy but it's not from this place of like Andrew Tate type of masculinity it's like openness and and love and vulnerability and then the women in your friend group seem so in touch with their feminine energy but it's like a strong feminine energy yes and it's really impressive and it's really like opening my mind um so and it's making me more curious too like over the past couple weeks to a couple months like what is it like to be a mid-20s girl right now in the world like 
How would you describe that experience? <laughs> An interesting one. <laughs> uh, I'd say overall, oh, first noting on what you said, like, yes, there is, that's the other thing these female friendships have also allowed me to be is a lot more vulnerable and open and loving. And even the men relationships I have here now, because the, the people I've met here are just so different than even the guy friendships I had before, you know, female friendships before. So yeah, it is like a different, different caliber. But um, as far as the experience, I mean, it's interesting because on, I feel there's this constant tug of war. There's this sort of like pressure and almost like standard to make a lot of money and be entrepreneurial and do it all and be it all and be a badass and whatnot. <laughs> you know, and even in like the health world, right? Of like, go to the gym and be a muscle mommy and like yeah. deadlift all this stuff. And then there's like the other side of the spectrum that's be in your flow and da 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 and like float around and just do Pilates and just do yoga. And then <laughs> yeah. I find myself alternating back and forth about where I, where I actually want to be or what I actually want to pursue. And it's, it just, it feels like there's a lot of different directions pulling me. And then there's also just, I think with social media, especially the, and we've talked about this before, the skewered timeline of like, I'm spending a lot of time with people that are older than me. And so yeah. I feel, even though I'm only 24, I feel as though I need to be at this caliber, caliber and level of people much older than me. Or because of social media, I'm seeing so many people my exact age doing quote unquote so much like better than me or doing things I wish I was doing. And so there is also just a lot of external and internally inflicted comparison and shoulding, you know, like I should be here, I should do that, I should be there, whatever it might be. And so, you know, all that being said, I'm also super grateful and fortunate for where I live and the life I live and the opportunities I've been given, but it's definitely a lot of tugging back and forth in my experience, in my perspective. Yeah, the theme there kind of seems to be uncertainty a little bit. Mm. And me and my friend, my roommate, we're both a couple years younger than you. I'm 22 and he's 21. And like, he just left college like a month ago. I left college like nine months ago. Um, I didn't graduate, but like, we're at this real like crux point where things are so uncertain right now. And then like the tough thing is society has these expectations that you're supposed to be certain. And if you're not certain, something's wrong. So like yesterday I called, I called my parents and I was telling them that a lot is evolving right now internally. Like I don't actually know if what I'm doing is what I want to do. I might want to be pivoting and evolving to like more alignment coaching than like creator or like business yeah. coaching. And when I, when I talk with my coach, who's Danny Miranda about this, that's like a really good sign of progress and liberation. But when you talk to most people, it's like something's wrong. Like not knowing exactly what you're supposed to do is wrong. Um, and me and my roommate have been talking about that a lot too. Cause when you do go your own path in some regard, like entrepreneurship, moving across the country, whatever you're gonna do, the nature of that is uncertainty. And like, you're around people here and they, they're like, no, that's okay. Like you're in your early twenties, like you're not supposed to have it figured out, but there's this societal expectation that like we, we're supposed to have this set plan to success, like in our twenties, in our thirties, up until our forties. And yeah, it's just like being around people here is very refreshing because they're, they're accepting of your uncertainty Whereas so many people are, are not, it seems. Mm -hmm. There's also a fear factor of, I think just as humans in general, we love, we love certainty and we love to make sure that, you know, we love if there's a plan or if mm -hmm. there's X, Y, Z, and we know what the end destination is and the end goal. And so any bout of uncertainty is going to be, it can strike up that like fear factor too, which then can just lead to such a sort of like, mental emotional spiral experience with it um you want to go this way yeah okay cool. but i feel yeah the more i can lean into and or embrace just that uncertainty factor and just sort of find the 
almost the excitement in it. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm <laughs> yes. going to be doing a year from now. Everything could change and everything could be so much better and grandiose than I could ever imagine. And that has helped me in like moments of, I think, deep, deep spiraling with an uncertainty. Mm. It's turning it into more excitement versus fear. Mm. And in those moments, like when you are feeling the fear, but you're trying to reframe it towards excitement, what are some things that like help you make that mental shift? I'm really big on, I love a good reflection pattern, connecting the dots moment mm. of using past experiences to help me remember and reframe the present. Mm. Um, so there's this like fine line, I'm not trying to live in the past and keep repeating things, but just understanding that life is this like secular motion and oftentimes like what has happened before will happen again just in new ways and so for instance right now I'm in a season of uncertainty where I'm trying to make some more like career financial shifts and I've been having so much fear come up about mm. just like what's what's next and where the money will come from and yeah so what I've been doing the past few days especially is dropping in with a little breath a little meditation whatever it is and then going back and reflecting on where I was last year at this time. And I was in yes. a similar situation, just different uh, details, right? So I- Right, it's like this upward spiral. Yes, right? yeah. So I, like last year at this time, I was actually doing much worse. Mm. And, but the, you know, like I, I only had one job, whatever. Like the details were quite different, but the situation was the same where I was in an in-between limbo period where I didn't, I needed, to see like shift and change. Mm. Nothing felt like it was happening. And then once you know, I like waited it out, things are happening, the money comes, the jobs come, whatever it is. And so I, I love to just reflect, connect the dots of like, okay, I've been here before, similar situation. It always un works out. It always unfolds <laughs> yeah. as it should. Yeah. And even like connecting the dots then of, okay, what did I do last year when I was in the spot? oh, that's right, I like realized I was in a fear state. Mm. I decided to surrender and just trust that things were going to work out. And I directed my focus on other projects and other things. And I took the energy and the focus off of lack and off of the fear and scarcity. And I directed it towards what do I want? What am I building? What do I have? And so I like connected those dots. I'm now trying to integrate that here in the present. And like that's how I'm going to move through this fear and just trust that what's coming is coming. Fuck, that's so good. <laughs> that's such good perspective. You have me reflecting too. Like, what was I doing one year ago? Like, what was my internal state? I was like probably 10 times as uncertain as I am now. So it's very helpful to remember that and like mm -hmm. see how things actually do work out. Like a year ago, what is it? Like February 24th, I was just starting to make money online and like I was debating if I was gonna leave college or not. And that was so much uncertainty, like calling your parents, telling them that you're gonna leave a top 10 school to go write tweets online and go live in Buenos Aires. But like, <laughs> it sounds so fucking crazy, but by accepting that uncertainty, like now a year later, I'm in a spot that I wouldn't have been in if I had tried to just control everything and be like, no, I need to get this degree, like, and need to control the future. I was listening to this podcast last night with, Peter Crone. Do you know Peter Crone? I've heard of him. You would love him. I'm going to put you onto his stuff. Yeah, um, send it. But he had a podcast with Aubrey Marcus, and he was talking about all of our desire to control the external environment is out of fear that the external environment is threatening. So we cling onto it and we seek to control it. But like true freedom is completely accepting the unknown and surrendering all this need to control which is kind of tricky like when you're playing the entrepreneurship game because you're playing chess where like you need to make moves, you need to control things, mm -hmm. but what would happen if you could just completely be like, I have no idea where it's gonna go and I'm just gonna let life take me. It's the best and I, well, okay, so two things. First, I wanted to reflect that it's interesting a year ago, you were in the uncertainty of making that leap from college from, no, from college to no college, mm -hmm. this life. And you just expressed a little bit ago that you're now in this stage of 
wondering if you might want to shift your coaching styles and your offerings and whatnot, like taking another leap. So yeah, kind of cool the, that is, the seasons yeah. of it all. But um, then with that too, yeah, I think, so with entrepreneurship for sure, it's hard to let go of the control. It's hard to let go of the like lean into the surrender. I think it's just hard in general for um, people, life, whatever you're doing. The thing that like shifted so much for me with that was reading, I think it's the Surrender Experiment. Yeah, I've been reading that yeah. right now too, actually. So fucking good. <laughs> and I, it's, the, it's the way he speaks in a story, yet with the like underlying theme and message of it all that I think really hit home for me. Yeah. Of what can happen when you can, you can surrender even in business and even in these big life things. And Do you want to turn around? Yeah, this way? Or turn around? Yeah, Whatever, there we, we can turn around. There, we've gone a while. Um, so that book shifted a lot for me and I feel as though even in the past couple months since I've read it, I've developed much more of that surrender experience within my own life and my businesses as well. I have a couple side gigs where I, at first when I started them, I was trying to make a strategic plan and what's next and yeah. what's, yeah, well, like what's the next move on the chessboard? And then I was reading that book and I was like, honestly, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I once again reflected on past work experiences and side gigs that I'd started and how the ones that always did the best were the ones that I just let breathe and I let life sort of steer me and direct me. And so it's been really fun. It's like a game when you lean into surrender because for instance, with my, I bake like cakes and desserts on the side, right? And I, I have some strategy, you know, I have some content I put out. I, share you know a lot of my social media and i have people talk about it word of mouth whatever but i don't i don't really treat it like a business and yet it's been really cool the less pressure i put on it and the less i try to control it and make it a thing the more opportunities universe sends my way and that just feels like such a i mean the more you read this render experiment you'll hear his stories but Mm -hmm. it's just wild what happens when you can when you can surrender and like lean into faith and trust but it's not always easy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's easy to think about yes. and like say and read. Easy concept. Yeah, but then actually putting into practice, it's such an act of faith and courage. Mm-hmm. But having people around you that are already living in that state or are already embodying what it means to just flow with life and embrace the uncertainty is so powerful. And I know you're working with uh, Alex, who's, uh, she's your coach. Mm-hmm. So the story that I heard on the podcast with you and her of like, you just happen to bump into each other and then go on a walk and then you become clients. Like, it seems like that's such a common theme here of people in Austin. Mm -hmm. Like you don't plan for business transactions to happen, but they just happen because you connect on such a deeper level. And you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to like work with you in some capacity. So how long have you been working with her? And like, what have been the main points of focus like throughout this mm-hmm. that yeah that entire connection with her is for me a prime example of like when you show up for life life shows up for you and when you are creating and like doing things with, with your life and for others life just wants to support you and so it helps make those connections and bridge the gaps and bridge the people that you're meant to be with and so with Alex I had first found her work and her program about a year ago or so it just wasn't in my ballpark I didn't think I could do it and then yeah we had this like serpentipitous meetup over the summer went on a walk and we start talking about her program and I decided to join and since joining it's really funny so going into it right my thought very logical very to the point was (laughs) oh she's going to help me like create my dream job, dream business, I'll do an offer, a program, I'll be able to make the money I want to make. I was thinking a very like logical of this is like a transactional thing. I'm paying her and in return she's going to help me create this. I'll make the money to pay it off and then I'll be good and golden. Mm-hmm. And as with most things in life, like doesn't follow plan. <laughs> and that's not, you know, saying her her program's amazing and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, which is self-exploration. And so for me, that's looked like really for the first time in my life, letting myself explore what my actual like interests are and not having everything be about like 
the money or the gain or the transactional value of it. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't, and I, I, right, there's like, that's a whole other conversation we could have around the like stickiness that people feel around being spiritual and loving and emotional and open and wanting to make like fuck ton of money and be financially secure. Like that's a whole other conversation. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was really a relief to, after a few weeks of being in her program, realize that I could, I can pursue my dreams in a variety of ways and not everything has to be a business endeavor. And I don't also have to abandon like all of my other work in order to pursue one dream. I can theoretically have it all. Mm, mm, yes, you can. I can. Yes, I can have the work that brings not me the money. You definitely can. Well, yes, just <laughs> precisely. I actually can. We all can. And yeah. it's just a matter of honestly just like making it work and creating the space for what you need to do to feel financially secure and mm -hmm. to f pursue your passions, your interests, your dreams in whatever way that looks like. And mm. so, yeah, it's been about starting things and trying them and experimenting realizing, oh, I actually don't want to do that. Great. Now I don't have to have that. What if like I had for the longest time, I wanted to do this like in the kitchen podcasting setup. <laughs> yeah. And I was dreaming about it for years yet. Never did it within two weeks of her program. I got the setup. I did it. I was like, actually, I don't want to do this. I, I want to be, I want to find other ways to like have this connection and this fun and pursue this interest of mine in the kitchen and podcasting. But like, podcasting kitchen show is not it and it was great though because I tried it and I was able to determine what I did like and what I didn't like and it was no longer this what if in the back of my mind we had made it a reality and then I was able to choose and move forward and go on to the next thing I love that yeah I mean like this podcast right now like it's not logical like there's no ROI necessarily but it's just like I've always thought about doing a walking podcast um, let's fucking try it. And it's like, if it's fun and you can just double down on it, then why not? And you never know where it evolves. But mm -hmm. what have been some things that have been coming up in the journey of self exploration? Like what things have you learned more about yourself? Hmm. A lot of it has felt like reconnecting with my inner child mm -hmm. in a way. So I've just really learned, it feels as though I'm finally really tapping into, as I said before, what I actually like and what I don't like. And what I've thought I, you know, thought was the fit for me, but realized now actually isn't. And so with the self-exploration, it's been about connecting to like what really lights me up mm -hmm. and going from there. And so tapping into my like creative side through baking and video production and just like creating content in general then also like honoring this part of me that's always loved like planning things and hosting and doing so that's why i'm doing events now and the part of me that really loves like people and connection and yeah. stuff like that so once again the events and doing other things to connect with people and then even realizing that i always liked to like teach and guide and put on little like programs and things for my my brother and I growing up and realizing oh yeah I still want to teach and I still want to like create an offer for people and be that sort of like support and guide for them so a lot of it has just reconnected me with what used to bring me so much joy yes applying that now in a new present sense self and going from there I love that and Props to you for uh, explaining that on the upward walk. Yeah. I'm I was like, like I'm going to get out of breath. Trying to taper my breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm in like good shape, but that hills <laughs> not really, especially when you're talking. That's always an indicator for me if I'm like in good cardio shape is can I walk up a hill and be on a phone call and not like completely have to lose my breath? So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I wasn't talking during that. But no, I mean the point about like reconnecting to your most true self. I've been writing about this so much because like my one area that I'm obsessed with exploring is like human potential. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that your potential lies in the activities you were doing in childhood effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And you didn't think of them as like working hard or anything. They were just playful to you. And so for me, like 
I had forgotten for 15 plus years that as a really little kid, like five years old, I was obsessed with writing stories and like reading. And I like suppressed that part of myself to adopt this identity of like the athlete, the jock, like that type of guy. Um, the like typical, uh, maybe I'm painting myself out to be worse, but like the typical <laughs> like high school jock quarterback dude you would probably meet in high school. Um, but the point is I forgot about those parts of myself, but they reemerged when I gave myself the space to drop my identity. And I think that's the tough thing. Like when we're young, especially, even probably when you get older, you get trapped into an identity about who you're supposed to be. But I've found that the less I can identify with anything, like even podcaster, creator, like entrepreneur, those labels actually like put you in this like mental prison. And so I'm trying to like keep my identity as non-existent as possible because that's where the creative freedom comes from for me. Yeah, and it's where I, like where that made the connection for me was realizing that like we all come into this world, right? Like without labels and without the identities and all of that. And so I think our natural gifts and our natural like purpose and for why we're here and you know, what we have to offer to the world is most apparent and most present in those early years. Because as you said, it's before the programming and the conditioning and all the shoulds and all of these sort of like, like layers get added on to you. And so now, you know, thankfully we're both in a place where we have the community and the resources and the support and intrinsic motivation really to like chisel away at those layers and get back to that core that like true authentic self yeah and then in that it's like identifying yeah what used to light us up is what's going to light us up now it's just reconnecting with it in like a new way so i love that you're finding the reading and the writing and the (laughs) existence beyond the labels again because it it's freedom that's like true freedom in life is yes live live as that most core self yeah i've been thinking about this topic so much recently like I wrote a newsletter the other week about how children are closer to enlightenment than like the average like monk or guru type Mm -hmm. um, because they're just existing in that natural state of being and when somebody reaches that point of enlightenment they're they're more similar to a kid and like philosophers have talked about this like um, I think it was Plato was like we knew everything before we were born and then we forgot once we came into the world. Um, so that's like been a theme, like reconnecting to your inner child. Actually, where that really came up for me, especially was when we went to the EDM concert, like maybe a month ago or so, three weeks ago. Like before the concert, I felt like way younger than everybody there. Like your whole friend group is like, I mean, you're the youngest, 24, but everybody else is older. And so I kind of was like, subconsciously putting on them on this pedestal of like being adults but like in that moment and like seeing people more in their natural state with like without self-consciousness and just in flow it seemed like everybody really reconnected to that inner child and it's it was that experience actually was like very very profound for me it they tend to be that way yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it's true and i i think you asked me this question a couple weeks ago about noticing like young energy in people and you and i yeah we're both on this like younger spectrum of this group here you know of our friends here in our community here and for the longest time i yeah i had a lot of insecurity around just like am i coming off as like too young and too playful and i can be really like fun and silly and just like let that part of me show and i spent a lot of my like life even just like hiding that part and having to be in like a parental caretaker role so being able to reconnect and like reclaim that joyful playful like kid-like energy has been so just transformative and what's been cool is that the more i step into that the more like others around me do too and i've had them reflect that back of like you let it feels like my inner child comes out to play when you're around and like yes that's that's, one of the best compliments honestly like the first few times people said that to me i just couldn't I, I never imagined that coming as a compliment. And I was like, wow, this is actually the best I could ever receive. And so, yeah, now it's 
funny because before I would almost have a judgment towards people that seemed too playful and like what the fuck like they're not they're not mature I was like oh wow (laughs) that's what I want to be and I'm not letting myself be yes and so now I I seek out the people that can tap into that playful fun energy and yeah it's been really interesting and especially there there's a big shift between the woman and the man dynamic of where I see that come across in like female friendships versus like male friendships and so yeah, that's like a whole fascinating rabbit hole I've gone down in the past year of just tapping into that inner child. What's the, what's the difference you see in terms of playfulness in guys and girls? I feel as though with the girls, it's much more like they're, they're able to tap into it a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I can see that playful, fun energy come through a lot more. With guys, it's actually been interesting because there's the fine or i mean with guys and girls there's the fine line between okay is it actual fun playful energy or is it actual like immaturity and they (laughs) kind of you know yeah like there's there's a line can when it matters can you step up to the plate and can you be can you do what needs to be done or are you always this like loose flag like in the wind you know you can't can't hold it down when you need to and so i think that's a difference i see oftentimes is that um with men at least from my experience there's been a lot more of this it's either like they're all like all the time super like loose and flowy and they can't like hold it down when it actually matters or they can get like stuck in this like hyper masculine super serious like and it's not to their fault like they've probably been taught one way or the other they probably didn't have any structure they had a lot of structure and once again that can be with women as well but it's been interesting in the past year for me to observe a lot of the men in my life and community even like men of mountain hinge and like dates and whatnot the contrast between yeah just being like hyper masculine super serious super stoic all the time and then the other end where there's like no maturity no responsibility they're just like floating in the wind and then finding that like sort of grounded middle where they can go to both ends Mm. once again i look for that in like my female friendships too it's just been much more apparent with like men in the past year, I suppose. Interesting. Yeah, I did a podcast this week with a guy who's very big into somatic therapy and like depth psychology, which I'd never heard about really before talking with him. But we talked a lot about what is healthy masculinity and he calls it generative masculinity, which means kind of like holistic. Mm-hmm. And what he sees like in his work as a therapist is a lot of times guys will go all the way to the end of one spectrum while suppressing the other side of them. So if you have like a masculine core, but you suppress any playfulness, creativity, spontaneity, you'll lose touch with your emotions. And that's why you meet a lot of like very hyper successful guys who are just like rocks, (laughs) like, right? They're so focused. They like aren't in touch with their emotions. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like, maybe think of the hippie movement in like the 70s in California, where those guys became super out of touch with their masculinity. And like true healthy masculinity is a combination of both. And so I'm trying to find more ways to be playful. Um, And I haven't done a great job of that, but like, I like playing... I call it like playing on an intellectual level, like conversation. I think this is like playing kind of. thousand percent. Um, But also like, I think it's important for men and maybe probably women too, but like to physically play. Like for me, it's like basketball or football or Mm -hmm. some sport, but I've been neglecting that a bit. No, I think that's exactly it. What you just said there was what I was trying to express as well. And even, yeah, the intellectual play, the like allowing yourself to like go play sports, you know, like, yeah. It just, yeah, and I see this with my brother, like I see it with my guy friends, it's just, and the same applies to women too, right? Like can, women can go to either end of the spectrum. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I'm finding my middle in between now as well. Mm-hmm. But it just, once again, with everything in life, being aware of where you're going to extremes or where you're really falling off the wagon with yeah. and what ultimately feels like most true to you and allows you to like be there for those in your life and I think when you're keeping those things in mind you can always recenter or reground in some way or another mm. but yeah it's 
fascinating field and so much to talk about with it. Yeah, that's beautifully said. So we're almost back, but like the last topic I want to talk about, maybe we could sit down for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, got a lot of steps. Yeah, now that we've walked two miles. That's good. Um, you hit on dating a little bit, and I want to know more about the female perspective right now on dating because I can give you the male perspective or like the general consensus that it seems like when I talk to other guys. Guys are like really, like they feel desperate. <laughs> and I, sometimes maybe we'll see it in myself. Like you feel desperate, you feel needy. Um, you feel like it sucks right now, like dating. So what is your, what's your thoughts or experience? It's funny, I just typed up a whole, I'm gonna record a solo episode on this. So I'm trying to think, reflect back on what I typed. But I think similar to what you said from like the guy's perspective, speaking from like a woman's point of view, it's also very, and also going back to what I said before, it's just like, I feel this tug of war once again, where I am constantly feeling as though like I'm, I'm either like hyper-masculine and I'm being like too controlling and I'm being too logical about it all, or I'm just like not wanting to try it all and sort of like almost just like why bother everything's mm -hmm. like, and it's a very, it's been a very interesting feel to navigate for the past like two three years since being in Austin where I I just it's like I, I want to date and then I'll get on like the dating apps or I'll meet people in person and then I'm it just like doesn't feel right and I get discouraged and then I quit again and I think like ultimately and where I've settled at now is that the I'm focusing my attention and energy and direction on just like making my life creating my life to be the most pleasurable, like fun, supportive experience that I can for me. And I feel like once I feel safe and secure in that, I'm then that much more like open and able to show up for not only friendships, but for any potential like relationship, dating dynamics that might unfold from there. And I think before I was putting so much energy and focus simply on like finding the person and if they liked me and how I could be like the best potential like candidate almost and I just it was tiring and exhausting and draining and mm -hmm. so it feels as though ever since I've redirected that energy and like how do I want to feel in my life how can I create the best life for myself and in turn for the people in my life as possible it feels like then I'm almost like calling in more aligned opportunities not only in like work life etc but also in like the guys I meet and whether that's in like friendship or dating, whatever it is, the more energy focus I put into being like my most aligned and authentic self, mm -hmm. those are the people I draw on. Yeah. And yeah. that's been the biggest shift because before all the dating experience, I'm like, why am I not meeting like guys or even friends that felt like they were actually meant for me and or like a fit for my life? It's like, oh, because I'm living out of alignment with like who I actually am and who I want to be. So that would be my biggest advice is that like the more clear and grounded you are in like your yourself your like authentic self you're gonna draw those types of people in and whether it's through the apps or out in person experiences or whatever it is like i don't that's like the best advice i can give like because that's what i'm following right now just self-focus and then from there like attracting in what's like what's a fit and what's a match so that's wise that's very yeah. wise yeah i'm trying to adopt the same mentality because it feels like for me I've had okay experiences like on a dating app, but it always feels forced or like mm -hmm. whenever I go on there, I subconsciously am thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of needing right now. I'm like searching it out yeah. rather than just surrendering to it and not forcing and just trusting that the opportunity, the person will appear when it appears without needing to cling to it and stuff. So that's mm -hmm. the whole idea of surrender. Yeah. I'll agree. And like, it's, I think it's hard when you put dating apps into it because it's such a almost like unnatural forced it definitely environment is to unnatural. be in. And I've had, I've had my back and forth where I'll get on it, get on them, and then I get off. And um, my experience, when I've been on dating apps, the way that I've allowed myself to just be a bit more free flow surrender with it is not expecting anyone I match with to actually be a potential match but more so to be a learning experience and sort of like an experiment of let's go on this date, let's connect with this person and let's see like what do I like about them and what am I not too fond mm. of and use that to sort of build a like 
collect data points. Yeah, honestly, kind of. yeah. And maybe that sounds harsh, but like no, it's not. I yeah, and and never like playing someone on. Obviously, just going on like a date or two, and then being honest about how I'm feeling. But then, yeah, and I've met some like great people through there as well. But I'm now in a season where I'm just choosing to trust that. Yeah, I'll meet somebody like in real time when the time is right, or if I end up back on the dating apps, like fine. But for now, it's it was just too much energy, so I'm just mm-hmm. choosing to vibe in my own life and trust. So I like that. I'm on the same wave. But yeah. it feels like there's this paradox of choice, like with the dating apps, where mm-hmm. I mean, we're not meant to see thousands of people on Instagram, thousands of people on dating apps. Like we're meant, we were evolved to be in a tribe of like 100 people and like choose from those people Mm -hmm. and now it's like there's endless options especially in a city like austin like there's what a couple there's like a couple million people here with social media you could like theoretically be with any of them and so it's like every time you maybe consider choosing somebody it's like oh there might be somebody better right Mm -hmm. that's like the tough thing i think about social media yeah that's a thousand percent it is yeah the always thinking like there could be something more. And I, I, this is another part of like the episode I'm going to record too, is like the hyper fixation on, I think it's that mentality of there could be somebody better and the fixation of like everybody's faults yeah. and hyper fixating on like what you don't like and the whole like red flag theory and like all of those things that have us so attuned to looking at people's like faults yes. and hyper fixating on them and not realizing that like A, people's strengths and then B, the capacity to change and how it's it's you've got to like really go to your core and figure out what are your core pillars that you're looking for in somebody and then determine like all these other things that you may not fully like or they may be a bit of an ick whatever it is like can they change can they evolve and having like more grace for somebody in their process anyway there's a lot you could say about it but yeah it's it's a it can feel complicated and tricky but I think it's just like the more we can simplify it and like go inward, the easier it'll end up being. Eventually, yeah. So. I, I love that perspective. I'm excited to listen yeah. to your podcast on this. You <laughs> no. have a lot of wisdom <laughs> about this topic. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like, even thinking about it for like this question here, I'm like, there's still a lot more I have to like flush out and get clarity on, but it's been a big shift. And I've also had a lot of friends moving through it the past few weeks, months. So I'm like collecting data from them too, but yeah, it's, it's a big part of life. So yeah. Yeah. And where can people find your podcast and stuff at? <laughs> they can find, so my podcast is Let's Thrive, available on Spotify, Apple, all the platforms. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at Emily Feichels. Um, I'm sure Jack can like link it below so you don't I have to worry about spelling. <laughs> yeah. But um, from there, you'll find me and all of the side hobbies and divers creations that I have. So cool. thank, thank you for having me yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for doing this. This, <laughs> this was, was so, so fun. fun. <laughs> this is really cool. That was the best. Okay.